keep growing too. I mean, the VR, VRM industry just uh, over the past several years has just exploded. How many conferences do we normally go to? 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> that was a no, really quick, no. you're expecting that. You're expecting that question. Yeah. <laughs> Last year we did a lot. Um, yeah. We had a lot of small conferences we went to in addition to the VRMA conferences, and I think that's tamed back a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, boy, I tell you, last year we did a we did a lot of shows, a lot of traveling. Right, exactly, exactly. Which is good. I mean, it, it's always good to meet faces and uh, talk to people in a, in a, a normal environment. You know. Yeah, I, I would imagine that you meet a you mean meet a not a. I'm getting tied up. You meet a lot of new faces. <laughs> At uh, at those conferences, yeah, exactly. I think I think the industry is growing quite a bit, and people are kind of catching on that those are pretty valuable to go to. Yeah. So um, next one up, guys, is the VRMA Spring Forum. Um, that's in April, April fifteenth and sixteenth. That's in Charlotte. So um, Brandon, April, Vanessa, and Paul will all be there. So uh, come see us. Um, Brandon and I are actually doing a uh, ninety-minute presentation. Uh, it's called the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun, Paul. I just got to notice today. You know, we were scheduled to go on uh, Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. but just the email came in. They're going to move us, I think, till Monday around eleven. So be sure okay. you guys watch the schedule and uh, make sure to check us out. Cool. So you guys practicing cool. your Clint Eastwood voices and impersonations <laughs> right. for that for that talk? Exactly. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I, I'm not a good Clint Eastwood impersonator. No. I just I can't do it. I'm not even gonna try. I'm not gonna attempt it. it. You gotta get the eyebrow. I can't. I just can't do the eyebrow thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. he does that whole thing. It's the rocks less Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So you hear a new voice, guys. Um, you know, I'm I'm here, Paul Hannock. I'm digital marketing director for Intercoastal Net Designs, and David's here, director of social media. And Brandon Sauls is here as well, the old founder of this operation. Founder, the, <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> so uh, we asked Brandon to be here because um, this is actually going to be celebrating ICND's 20th anniversary in business. So um, we want to get the the origin story, the, the old backlog. So um, we'll get to that a bit later. Um, but as always, we have some uh, SEO rapid fire questions and we've got some uh, uh, tool, the tool of the day that we want to share with you. So we'll go ahead and get started with that. My first one's actually for David. Oh, so I get a question again. Yes, you do. This is nice. <laughs> I don't want to hog, hog the mic all the time. You know? <laughs> fire away. So um, how can I grow my Facebook audience and why? Okay, so this has been something that I've been trying to push with people um, kind of going into 2019. The first thing you would want to do is probably implement a like campaign. Um, and a lot of people don't run these. And what people don't right. realize is that your standard organic traffic now doesn't penetrate far enough into the audience to really build the audience like it used to three or five years ago. Right. So if you do one single post, it might yeah. it might get to 1% to 3% of your, your total audience that if you have, that. your fans, your yeah. Facebook fans. And that's something that changed back in 2018. And so it's something to look out for uh, moving forward. You definitely have to, if you're wanting to build your audience... Um, you have to run campaigns, particularly like campaigns, right. um, because it's a way to target exactly who you want to go after, and then it serves up an ad to them in a very organic fashion mm-hmm. that says, hey, if you like this content, then you should like this page. It makes it really simple. Um, you know, you said something. That, you just said a flag to me. You said, if you like this content. 
So, you know, you can run these ads all day long and you can get people that accidentally click the like button on off to get a like on your page. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it right. Just because you're growing your fans thousands and thousands at a time or whatever, how much yeah. money you pump into it, that doesn't mean you're getting the right audience. So you've got to make sure that you're, you're doing it right, too. Well, and I hope everyone knows now that um, don't pay for fans <laughs> like, <laughs> like we used to. Yeah. The whole... Um, I think that was slightly short-lived, but if people are doing that now, it's not worth it. It's not worth your money, and it's not worth your time. It's more worth it to set up some really well-rounded campaigns that are targeted towards an audience that, ha as Paul said, have good content around it that right. the audience that you're targeting wants to see. So why do we do this? The reason we do this is because we can build a captive audience. So now you've got people that are seeing your content, although the the penetration into the audience is maybe less than 3%, at least we still have a captive audience. And right. now you can actually run more targeted ads to that audience. So you treat it like a sales funnel, basically. Yeah. So you, you start to build this audience and you build it up. Um, and then you start serving them traffic ads um, to point them towards your website. And then you serve them once they've hit your website, then you set up some remarketing ads. You know, and so you just kind of go down the funnel and set up these different campaigns to kind of nudge that consumer along, and that's yeah. why it's important. Yeah, you got to keep keep nudging. I yeah. mean, that, that's uh, well, the thing we know vacation I mean, because you know that they're looking on VRBO, they know that you're looking on a competitor's website and, and stuff yeah. like that. So you've got to you've got to stay in front of them. You know, well, and historically we know it takes anywhere from ten to twelve impressions to really get someone interested in you. Right. So I mean, it's it really you have to be in front of them in every avenue that you can. So yeah. that's why it's important. Exactly. So Good stuff. Yeah. So question for you, when will SEO stop being a thing? <laughs> that's a big question. <laughs> that isn't is it? a huge question. Is SEO dead? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is SEO Actually, dead? That's I saw good. this on Twitter this morning, so I thought it would be very Right. I think right. it'd be appropriate. It's a current question. It's funny. Yeah. Um that's a good discussion topic because, you know, there's no there's no telling the future. But um what I will say is, you know, with any kind of evolving technology, you have to watch what the consumer does and adapt to the consumer. You you don't you can't force any path. You know, if if Google decides that in five years that it's going to change the way that there there's there's rumors about zero SERPs, um, that means zero search results, and you only get one one kind of. Uh, funnel one choice, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, there's been talk of, you know, not having the same kind of optimization out there and the same, the same way that we're doing things. And that's going to be true. Uh, we're, we're not going to be doing the same things that we do in five years and in 10 years. Um, but is SEO ever going to go away? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, I think as long as the internet, internet is around, SEO is still going to be a thing. I really do. But is it all going to be paid? I'm, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a SEM, search engine marketing. Yeah. Brandon, well, what's your take on that? Yeah, I was going to tell, you know, we mentioned here, you know, Paul, think back, you know, 15 years ago, SEO 20 years ago was keyword stuff. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's what it, it was, was back then. Yeah. But it was I easy. Think SEO was always alive. Like you're saying, it's just always evolving the techniques and the tactics. Like now it's serving up the content that satisfies the users, you right. know, a search. And that's the website that's going to rank number one now, not so much of this keyword stuff. And, right. And then exactly. has all these links built to it now. I mean, of course, all that adds up a little bit, but it's mm -hmm. just uh, satisfying that user. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in, in five, ten years, how is that How is that going to change? You know, what is the user going to be looking for, and how are we going to have to adapt our search engine optimization efforts 
to what the user is looking for. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, and I've always said this guys, and, and, you know, anyone who's seen any of my presentations at VRMA and stuff like that, um, I always harp on about reviews, getting reviews, getting your business name out there and, and getting a very good brand awareness behind who you are, because the new Google algorithm updates have to do with your reputation, your trustworthiness. So that is not an SEO tactic. That's a, you're doing your business well by having the word spread about you and that's going to get you ranked one of the main factors anyway yeah okay off my soapbox now (laughs) (laughs) good stuff (laughs) all right so tool of the day tool of the day oh yeah Uh, this is a good one and not many people know about this one no not a lot of people know about this tool um it's more of a developer tool in the social realm particularly for facebook right but i thought it would be handy for people to know that there is a debugger tool out there Um, And if you just Google Facebook debugger tool, um, it'll actually come up, should be the first link that pops up, and you can click on that. And what you'll see is a spot where you can actually put a URL to your website or a website that you're questioning. Now, what this tool does is it actually scrapes the page and it tells you what's being pulled over and what's going to display in Facebook. So I know that there's been a lot of questions um, with my clients on, you know, why isn't this image pulling, you know, pulling over, you know, it's, it's the, it's a top image on the page or <laughs> why isn't, you know, this particular content? Well, that all has to do with the meta tags that, sh- that are actually on the page. Right. And so you have to tell Facebook what sort of content you want to display. So this is a good way to look if you're questioning what's going to be pulled over on Facebook or if you're having an issue, um, you know, like with your catalog on Facebook, that's a whole different discussion. But right, right. Um, if you're having an issue with that, this tool is extremely helpful. So check it out. Um, put yeah. a couple of your URLs from your website in and just scrape them and, and see what comes across. You might actually find some things that you could fix or improve to, um, right. you know, to your website. So when you're sharing stuff, it comes across very very good yeah the pictures are what you want and the the text and stuff like that and and just so you guys know i mean the it's the code that facebook uses to display the little shared window that um that you see when you put a url into facebook when you want to share it um that either comes from the meta tags or it comes from the facebook open graph tag now that's code in the back end that the the you don't see unless you actually do a view source and look at the code so you know that's that's something else that we at icnd implement is the the facebook open graph tags to make sure that the the right content is being shared on the on the page and images and stuff like that so yeah pretty handy tool yeah so anyway yep tool of the day so main topic on to the meat and potatoes (laughs) So we've been, uh, like, like I said, it's been 20 years. Um, I've been at ICND for two and a half, uh, and Brandon's been here for 20. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously. So um, let's let's just jump in. I mean, uh, tell us the background. Where did you get started, and and why? And yeah, how man. Involved. So uh, you, you might have to pull me out of, of a few rabbit holes as, as I work <laughs> through here because I could talk for days on this topic, but uh, I'll try to hit the highlights. Um, so, you know, when I when I first got out of, out of uh, high school, you know, I, I wanted to be a forester. I, I liked the outdoors. I had no intention of, of being a computer geek down, down <laughs> life's way, you know. So uh, just by chance, um, I went off to college and I, I met a friend there and uh, that was in 1994 and, uh, you know, invited me up to Oceanal Beach is where we're at today. And I uh, came up to fish with them and said, hey, go get your captain's license and you can come run a charter boat for me. I said, that would be great. Well, of course, the first year, 1995, we didn't have that much business. I uh, had a little bit. All right. But uh, 
said, hey, let's go build a website. I was like, man, we could build a website. How do we do all this? So in 1996, we launched one of the first websites I know in this area. And right. believe it or not, we got a ton of business from it. And uh, you know, we was it Yahoo that brought in. The- <laughs> well, that's what we There was no Google. You know, right, there was no Google. Yeah, we, exactly. we were being found on Excite, Hotbot, Lycos, Ask Jeeves. Yeah, I remember those too. Yeah, yeah. man. So uh, moving along from there, I went back to college. I was going to USC in Columbia, and uh, I had this bright idea of uh, you know printing off a hot pink or you know lime green flyer. With my phone number on the bottom of it. Hey, I oh, do yeah. website. Oh, one of the tear off things? Yeah, little tear off. Yeah, yeah yes. with your phone number on it. So, uh, guess what? Uh, only one got tore off. <laughs> I mean, in 1996, <laughs> who's tearing off websites? Oh, yeah. Who wants a website? <laughs> so, uh, believe it or not, this guy asked me to come on. He already had a website, but to help his site rank number one in, again, Hotbot, Lycos, you know, asked Jeeves the old search engines there. Uh, he was selling golf clubs. And so he was paying me $300 a, a week to optimize his website to be number one. Classic Paul keyword stuffing. I mean, it would, it would make you cringe <laughs> if you saw the work I was right, doing in 1997 right. and 98. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, moving along, um, uh, I just, uh, I, I, when I was in college, I had no computer. I was going to the computer lab doing this work at oh, USC. Wow. Yeah. Right. And so um, 1999 comes along. I'm graduating from school. I'm still running the charter boat. My dad goes, all right, son. He goes, um, you know, good job on you know, your, your schooling. Where do you have your resume out at? I said, Dad, I'm not putting my resume out anywhere else. I'm going to run this charter boat for one more year, and I'm going to do some website development. Right. <laughs> this is 1999. What's, What's website development? Yeah. I said, Dad, trust me. Trust me. Right. And uh, a freelancer is born. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in, uh, in, in, in 1999 to 2000, um, I picked up a couple jobs. I picked up one that was called Golfer's Guide, but publication. Remember, if you go to any hotel in, in this area, it's North mm-hmm. South Carolina, this area, they have a publication. I went inside and I sold the job um, for a couple tens of thousands of dollars. I was ecstatic. Right. I was like, I'm a rich man. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, rather than taking my money and you know, throwing it to the wayside, I kept investing it into what became ICND. Okay. And, uh, you know, in uh, 2001, I hired one employee, I hired two employees, and uh, there we set sail into the web. You know, by 2001, 2003, the web was established. You know, it was here. Right, right. And, um, so you were doing a lot of local stuff then, or did you have national clients too? Or? Yeah, exactly, Paul. So it was all local at that time. I mean, it was just, you know... Um, a doctor's website, right. a, a lawyer's website, uh, you know, a fisherman charter boat website, whatever I could get at that time. We were just doing, we're doing web work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, kept moving along. Um, I married, um, Whitney, um, Fox Sloan, Whitney Saul's now from Sloan vacations. And she kind of pointed me in the direction of the VRMA vacation rental managers association. Okay. So in 2010, we went up to, uh, Washington DC for the conference and I was just walking around with her. And right. I started observing the, the, the environment. I was like, there's room for more guy, you know, more companies to be here. And so that's when we really started our dive into the vacation and rental world. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of speeding along from here, um, you know, at that time from 2010 to 2014, we basically just had a, uh, just a comparable product to our competitors. So in 2014, we spent a lot of R&D time, like six to eight months of really getting oh, our yeah, booking right, engine yeah, rocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, it's the Acme and House. Did they have? Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, that's okay. the site. 
But uh, what did you they, say there, Paul? Did they have uh, like APIs and everything wait back then with uh, you know through the BMSs or? Yeah, for sure. Then um, now I did do some work with Doug McNaught on Property Plus okay. way on back in the day when I was young, and, and Doug was just about to tie me in a knot trying to teach me his <laughs> API. But I mean that was yeah. in the early days. But by 2010, those APIs were pretty much you know, fleshed out and, and, and were pretty developed. Right. So question, pre-2010, pre-VRMA conference, um, what was the difference between that and then moving into the vacation rental space? What was the difference between the website development and kind of what went on? He probably went from website design to website development. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know, doing the, you know, with all the API integrations and, and the interfacing we had to do in the vacation rental sites, you know, that's when dealing with transactional style, you know, traffic and that type of thing. So it got real serious real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so it went just from, uh, you know, a hobby and developing just a simple five page website to developing some really complex beasts that are real revenue generators for our clients now. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, to take it on up, you know, in 2014, 15, we were in the San Diego VRMA conference where we unveiled our, our version one of our booking engine and that really catapulted us into the next level of of our, you know, web development in this space. What Uh, year is that you said? That was 2014, 15. Okay. I think it was 15, maybe. Mobile was very, very good, starting to catch on. Yes. You know, it was in baby stages, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 14, we launched one of our first um, responsive websites. Right. That was right right in the 14. So we were on that cutting edge there with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, got to be prepared with that. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just fast track from there. I mean, we're close to a team of 40, you know, teammates, 10 members here, and uh, we got a real, real great crew. and. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast and you guys right. doing this every other week has been awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I uh, hope I didn't dive too far off track. And, no, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was perfect. That was no, perfect. yeah, not at all. So, what would you say your your biggest biggest growing pain was? I mean, you know, every time you grow a business, there's always something something you gotta something that's not your specialty or you know what what's your. Well, I'll tell you, Paul. It's back prior to two thousand, you know, eight, ten or so. You know, we were doing a lot of work here locally under other companies' names. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just ICND doing work for any lo- you know, local um, ad agency or whatever, didn't mind. Right. 2010, a little before, we wanted to break out and really brand our identity, who we were. Mm-hmm. And so getting that where we could break out and become you know, that next you know, big company on the on the front was, was, was that tough, right. tough time. It, it took a lot of time and money to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Once you get over that hump, though, it's... Easier sailing, yeah, a little, little easier. <laughs> a little Still easier. a lot of challenges, but <laughs> exactly. But yeah. it's been a good. Uh, it's been a good twenty year run. It's hard to believe it's been twenty years. Yeah. Um, we've been doing this. It's crazy. Yeah. So looking looking back, do you think you would have imagined where ICND would be right now if you were looking forward, like back back in two thousand one when all this started to pick up? Never, ever, ever would have thought it would become what it is today. Right. Again, I was I was supposed to be a forester, and somehow I'm a, <laughs> and somehow I'm just, just running here. charter boats, man. Yeah, charter boats, and now look what what we're doing here. So. Right, right. But yeah. it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I certainly look forward to the the next ten to twenty years. Right. See what it's going to bring. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's the thing too. Is I mean, I mean, I, I would, my next question would be, what do you expect? But like I was saying, this is about user behavior and what we have to adapt to. You know, what what um what's out there that we have to uh, keep our game faces on and and adapt ourselves to make sure that the the technology is right and the s- sites are fast and the uh, you know everything's working the way it should. So 
Yeah, I think for us it's just you know being aware of our surroundings and adapting to that. You know, making sure that we're satisfying you know those needs that are that that are out there and it changes every single year you know you think you've got it figured out and within six months there's a whole nother game to figure back out <laughs> right right but, exactly. uh, but we've got a good team and i think we're able to, to stay in the upfront with that you know yeah, exactly so um seeing everything that has changed over the past 20 years brandon what do you think is going to be the next big thing i know we're saying that you know user experience is a big thing but like what do you think I mean, it seems like we've kind of gone through, you know, mobile was like a big thing. Responsive sites were a big thing. Uh, voice search is becoming a big thing. What do you see over the next, I don't know, five, ten years? Any thoughts on like predictions or something like that on, you know, where the industry is going to go? Yeah, just really continue to watch how the OTAs are going to play into the game and, you know, how there's been a little bit of resistance to that back to, you know, um, right. you know direct bookings and that type of thing. You know, it sounds like everyone was kind of diving into the OTA world here, you know, a couple of years back. But now it's kind of like, wait a minute, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> right. so I'm really anxious to see how that's going to play out over the next one to two years and see, you know, how much is that going to come back around? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And it's funny, too, I, I, and some of you have heard me say this, but we we empowered the OTAs, you know, five, six, seven years ago. We It worked. They did well at their job of getting bookings and inquiries and stuff. And, you know, we're, we're the ones that fed them, fed the beast. You know, we gave them our inventory. We, we added the listings. We did all that stuff. And, you know, we gave them the money and power to, to keep growing. And, you know, now there's just that backlash that uh, some property managers don't like that is causing that ruckus, you know. So speaking of direct bookings, um, maybe we can talk to some of the vacational managers out there that don't have a monstrosity of an inventory. You know, people are just getting started in the industry. I know that we were talking about seeing a lot of new faces um, at some of these conferences. What sort of advice would you have for people that are just starting out? What tools can they maybe implement to be successful to where they don't feel like they have to go to the OTAs right off the bat? Where they can maybe drive more direct bookings. What what would you have to say to that, Brandon? Well, you know, just like we're starting to work with a, a client that only has two properties, and uh, you know they have been dependent on the OTAs with Airbnb and with VRBO, and uh, she wants to continue to grow. So I said, you know, listen, let's go ahead and at least get you into a, a small website. It's not going to be you know very very expensive, right. and um, you know, at least have an avenue where you can drive some direct bookings. And thinking of it as like a long-term investment, if you want to grow your business, let's start getting that website in place. Let's start with some optimization and let's try to start driving, you know, some social presence and some pay-per-click and getting the units, those two properties filled as can be. And then who knows where that would lead, maybe to another property and letting that continue to grow. And then next or after a year or two, all that work will actually be um, you know, an investment they will see long-term. Right, um, right. So yeah, you never know how long. I mean, because <clears throat> that's the thing with uh, with any kind of marketing is, you know, when you're when you're starting out like that, you want to invest in yourself and you want to invest in your brand and and getting that getting that out there. Because the longer you wait, the longer you wait to build your website, the longer you wait to start getting your name out there, um, the harder it's going to be. Uh, you know, there's the, even speaking nerd talk again with my algorithms. I mean, there's there's algorithms out there that. Uh, look at the age of a domain or or look and see how many links that you do have out there that point to your website how long they've been around you know all that stuff is a factor and if you you know wait to build your site or wait to start marketing because you don't think you have enough inventory then you might be shooting yourself in the foot (laughs) it's never too early to start 
you know, building your, your presence. And I was talking right. to this one client. I was like, listen, I said, even uh, let's get your Facebook group going. And, and, and these groups that come in, get their permission to post photos from, you know, the events that are occurring at the event homes and, you know, online and let the people start seeing, you know, how awesome these places are. And that's going to start driving that traffic over time and more direct, uh, direct traffic for direct bookings. Right. You know? Right. So you can't get started early enough. Yeah. And I feel like people, especially in the social arena, um, get so discouraged because it's like it is an investment and it takes time and it takes effort, but you've got to stick with it. Um, and you got to keep pushing it. And I mean, there's tools out there, you know, just like the tool that we talked about today or some of the tactics for building that audience. There's things out there that we can do that we've learned over the years that can really help a company grow. Um, and so I think it's just kind of staying in tune with that and and um, some of the tools around you and, you know, asking questions to people like us that do it every day, you know, where we can, you know, help people out and help them grow, you know, past what they're what they're thinking. All right. Exactly. That's one of the good things about about ICD, and that's what, one of the things I like working here. One of the reasons why I work, like working here is because we don't have packages and we don't have contracts and stuff like that. That for for marketing, um, you know, it's uh, we don't hook you in and say you have to stay with us for a year. I mean, we have a thirty day uh, notice. I mean, just let us know and we'll we'll be out in thirty days. The thing is, though, is like you're gonna like working with us so much that you're not gonna want that thirty days. You know, so I mean, it's a uh, shameless plug there, but it's it's true. It's true. Every episode is going to have the same I was just preaching that same thought today, Paul, as someone else. Oh, yeah. so that's twice that that's been preached today. Oh man! So there you go. There you go. But yeah, and that's um, uh, that's that's how we we learn and adapt, and and you know you you do uh, have to grow slowly, and you can't do it overnight. Rome wasn't built in a weekend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, I think that's basically all we've got, yeah, right? Yeah, that's all we got for today, folks. All um, right. As always, don't forget to send in your questions to us. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter. So um, Facebook at Intercoastal Net Designs, and then you can find us on Twitter at Intercoastal. And uh, don't forget, we hope to see you at the uh, VRMA Spring Forum. That's uh, April 15th and 16th in Charlotte. All right, take care, guys.